0: This podcast is a production of Planet Student Ministries. For additional information, visit planetstudentministries.net and pastorstevemason.com. from all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely that with you always to the very end of the age. That's just a really good pledge plug here to tell you that we are uh, baptizing people this Sunday night and if you're interested in that you need to see me after the service if you've never been baptized you need to be baptized. Um, it's a command right here from God
1: from Jesus and He says be baptized go and make disciples and you know
0: this is something that Jesus said it's a command it's a, it's, it's a command, it's a commission, the Great Commission is what this is, the big, uh, statement that Christians Jews, whenever they say Great Commission, they're saying this statement right here. And uh, I want you to know that it's passionate about Jesus. Jesus is passionate about other people. Now, God just laid this on my, my heart, dangerous this past week, man, that God has called us to not be passive, the young people that are just. Really don't know what they're living for, but somebody that is dangerous. I'm not saying out here that's doing dangerous things like this, but I'm saying that it's dangerous for God. That is willing to take a risk, that's willing to, to do something, that's just, I mean, people would call you a fanatic. It's funny to me that when you see somebody that's painted up, and this is Super Bowl week. And uh, man, the media has all kinds of fans right now that are painting people green and whatever other colors there are. Who cares about the Super Bowl? It's really stupid. Like, why do you even have a Super Bowl? And, uh, I mean, like, people are playing. I don't care, you know. But you know what? Uh, to me,
1: hey, I'm talking to you.
0: <laughs> to me, it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, every freak comes out in the Super Bowl. They're just drunk, lit up. And they're just out to make a full out. They got their shirt off. The guy hasn't lifted Yeah, weight yet. It should be legal for guys like that to have their shirt off, first of all. I mean, they're out there. They're painted their whole chest and everything. And they got green or whatever else their colors are. And they're like, Yeah, yeah. And they're like, That is awesome. That guy's kind a of fan. But if somebody comes to church and they're just like, Oh, yeah. Come on, let's worship Jesus. They're not a fan they're a fanatic. They're weird. They're crazy. I mean, it's. Man, we're going to stay awake. Let's go to another section. Man, they're a little crazy. <laughs> but you know, it's okay to do that in the sports crowd. It's okay, man, if you have music. Man, anybody like music or really passionate about some music, I mean, screamo, whatever that is. I mean, just people just scream and they're just passionate. I, I get it. But you know, if you get it, God bless you. That's cool. But then they're just screaming and they're just going fanatical and their friends are just, yeah, yeah. And they're
1: just, <laughs> But, uh,
0: you know, we're passionate about music, we're passionate about all kinds of things. We're, dang- I mean, it's okay to live dangerously out in the world, but why is it wrong to live dangerously in, as a Christian? And it's not even right to say dangerous in the church, because you shouldn't even stay in the church. You should be out dangerously living out with your friends, in your school. And I'm not saying, like I said, some of you are like, yeah, I live dangerously. And I go 100 miles an hour in my little um my little Jda manager. So <laughs> I, I, I can only go 50 miles an hour because pain falls apart, but man, I'm wow, I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living dangerously for God. Living on the edge, if you will, for God. Romans chapter ten, verse thirteen says, Anyone who calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. But who who can ask them to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? You you can say we live in the Bible Belt and all those other things, and everybody's saved in my school, I know it, but you know the way they live. And if you know that person is not living right, are you changing it by your lifestyle or are you just saying, you know, I'm really just okaying your lifestyle because I, I don't want to really confront you. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not living dangerously. You're not living with a passion like Jesus has for other people. Do you know that there are other people in the world today? 6.4 billion. you know how many of those are Christians? About 1.4 billion people. Our Christians. That leaves five billion people, give or take, that are lost and are dying and going to hell. That's why we did what we did last week? Because we want to speed the light. We want to we want to go and tell people. Even if we can't go, our money can go. Our our money can send missionaries to go and spread the gospel. By the way, in two weeks we're having a missionary, and uh, you don't want to miss him. He's an awesome guy, and he's going to. Um, uh, I just lost it in Central America. And uh, you don't want to miss out on hearing this speaker. And I want you to just keep praying about what God would have you do in this next two weeks, okay, um, for this missionary. Also, um, so I'm saying five billion people are lost and going to hell. Do so you know how, I mean, it's hard to get a grasp on five billion people. But if you're going to line five billion people up, chest to chest, do you think they would go to from here to Atlanta? I mean, if you were going to line a line of people up, from here, uh, uh, five billion people, would you think it would last to Atlanta? Do you think it would be that long? I would can you say that would be that long? It would not just come if it went to Japan. I mean, I would think probably five billion people. Do you know what it would go to? It would go to Japan. In fact, it would even go further to Japan. It would come all the way back around come back here face-to-face, the first person, the last person, can come and touch each other. Do you know, it won't just go one time. It won't just go two times around the world. It will go 38 times around the world, chest-to-chest. Every person that was lost was standing side, or chest-to-chest around the world 38 times. That's, that gives you perspective of the lost people. Do you think that's on God's mind? If you sat around and talk to God at his dinner table, don't you think that it would be on God's mind that that your friends were dying and going to hell? I think it would be the first priority on his mind. I think he would be dangerously passionate about your friends dying and going to hell, about the world that's dying and going to hell. But there's so many people that today are living without passion. And you know, when your life is living without passion, it stinks, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just not even fun it's just life doesn't feel real it doesn't you don't feel alive you don't feel like there's anything worth living for and Brett Favre said an interesting comment anybody like football Brett Favre is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers and um, he said an interesting comment that man uh, just electrified the sports world and they were like man this guy's gonna retire he said it made a comment that made people realize that he's probably going to retire he said that you know, I've got to a point where people are looking to me at the four minutes left to go in the fourth quarter and we're down, and I don't know if I really want the ball anymore. I don't know if I want to be the one that carries the ball or that passes the ball. I don't know if I want to be the one that is the one that, that just is, is uh, the one that carries the team to the end. I don't know if I want to do that anymore. He lost his passion, the sports writer said. You know, when you lose your passion, you'll be out of the game. You'll be done. Listen to me tonight. Young person, when you lose your passion for Christ, you'll be out. You'll be done. That's why the devil would love for you to lose your passion because you won't be dangerous anymore when you lose your passion. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal. Zeal is white, hot, boiling, on fire for God. But keep your spiritual urge. And you know, what? when, when his disciples said, Jesus, I want you to explain to me, I want you to explain to me the, the bare bones gospel. What, when it all comes down to something, what does it come down to? Tell me, explain to me in a nutshell what the Bible is talking about, what the good news is all about. And he said this in Mark chapter 12. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater command than this. Have you ever lost anything? How many have ever lost anything? Really important to you. College just told me he lost his cell phone. Some lady some, uh, is calling um, to Central America right now on his cell phone in, uh, from South Carolina that he left it in there. And he was uh, <laughs> over there itinerating. I lost something kind of important to me uh, when I was. I told you I went to Disney World. What a great experience it was! How disappointing how I was when Buzz um, Lightyear. But I failed to mention about when the rush and the excitement of all these thousands of people that showed up at a Disney Store set, waiting for it to open up. And if you've never been there, it's really um, it's a pain in the rear, be honest with you, when you're a parent. But if, man, if you're a little kid, it's just so exciting that you just, you can't wait. But we get there and Mickey is waiting at us. The town mayor of Disney is like, "We're going to open up Disney World now!" And everybody's like, "Get out of my way! I'll rip your head off!" Get me into Disney! And uh, everybody's tearing at each other, man. It's just amazing to me that like how nice people can be before it opens up, and the moment the doors open, it's just like mothers who are pregnant are jumping on other mothers <laughs> and tear them down and kicking <coughs> them and getting out of the way for their little kids to ride a ride. We get in there, and as soon as we get in there, no lie, Minnie Mouse is standing there. At the front. I mean, it is a little kid's dream come true that they get to actually touch Minnie Mouse. And I'm like tripping over people trying to get the Minnie. I gotta get my video camera <laughs> out and make sure the kids can to get uh, a picture with Minnie Mouse. And, uh, and I, I got the cart there, and um, Hank Crystal's got Chase, and Kobe's sitting at the front. And I'm like, get out of my way, Kobe! I'm going to go see Minnie Mouse.
1: <laughs> and I, I've got
0: Minnie, and Crystal's got shapes um, got in our hands, and, and Hannah is holding her hand, and, and I'm going to videotape it, and they're like three in line. There's a huge line that's waiting to get into Minnie. that like, this Minnie too and to get their, their uh, signed autograph and everything like that. And so they're like three in line. I'm waiting there. It's like five minutes to go by, and Crystal's like,
1: So, yeah. Come on. It's what? Come
0: on, folks, it's Smile, guys. You like this crowd's going by there. People are <laughs> knocking you over. I'm like, where is Zoe? Sol- where is Colby? I'm like, it's right next to you. You're holding his hand right there.
1: And say, like, no, I'm not. I'm like, hold oh
0: I'm throwing the video camera down, jumping over people. I'm trying to find Kobe. Where is Kobe? And Kobe is right where we left him. He got out and he's like standing there. And I saw him, and just like I don't know where my parents are. I'm to out of here. There's millions of people just standing around there. And listen, man, I can't tell you how my heart just jumped when I could not find Kobe in the seat. I'm literally I'm like looking all around, can't find him anywhere, and he's just chilling by a fence. Oh, they're just like waiting for his parents to get back in and, uh, and you know what? If somebody was going to say, Can you help? Me? Uh, if somebody was going to say, I'll help you look for him. I'll go and look for him. Where, where can I go? Man, I would just say, Thank you very much. I'd be so appreciative if somebody was interested in looking for him. But you know what? At that point, I'm not really interested. I'm not thinking about, like, bending the mouse anymore. Not even that concerned about my other kids. I'm concerned about that one that's lost. I'm concerned about those other kids. You not get really me wrong. But I know they're okay. I know they're safe. I'm concerned about the one that's lost. You know that God gives so many illustrations and stories about the one that's lost. That there's so many out there that's lost. Sometimes we don't even realize that our friends are our lost. And God is it's so on his mind that that there are lost people out there, five billion lost people, that he is passionate about. Can I tell you, he is so burning passionate about them. And it's impossible to say that, that God, I'm, a, I'm passionate about you and not be passionate about other people. It's impossible. And there's seven things I want us to look at tonight that if we lose our passion, these are some areas that you might want to look at and say guys, is there anything, any area in my life that I might have lost here because these are passion killers these are passion killers tonight and the first one is this, an unclear purpose I'm going to run through these but I want you to understand these are very important in fact this first one is like The most common reason for a lack of passion. It's an unclean purpose. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 4, it says, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Has anybody ever felt like that? And you worked for nothing, nobody cared, it didn't really matter? Let me tell you something. Everything you do counts. It matters. It counts for something. And this is the most common thing that's a lack of purpose. People say, well, what's my purpose in life? What am I here for? To date? To check out a guy or a girl? To go to school? To do drugs? To do alcohol? What's my purpose on this earth? Why am I here? 70% of people, 70% of dumb people, don't like their life. They don't like their life and if they could change something about it, they would change it and they change their school, they change their parents, they change their clothes, they change their look, they change all these things because they can't stand the way they are. Can I tell you that it's not those things that are going to tell you what your purpose is? Those things are not going to identify your purpose, but it's to live that thing I just told you about the Great Commission. There's nothing wrong with having a boyfriend or girlfriend. There's, not, there's everything right about going to school. But that's not your purpose in life. Those are great means to get to an end. To get you to your purpose. But you won't find your fulfillment necessarily in being a student for the rest of your life. Can anybody say amen? I do that. Okay. But your purpose is here to pray, to live, to serve, to tell, to give. To be. if any uh, campus missionaries are here, You're like, what is my purpose? You live out those five things, and you will find your purpose in life. Number four, an unused talent. Not knowing your passion or not knowing your purpose will kill your passion, and unused talents will kill your passion. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 17 says each one should live his life with the gifts that the Lord has given you. You are gifted. Look at your neighbor and say, you know that right?
1: right. You know that's right.
0: <laughs> you are gifted You have talents. Whether you know it or not, you are gifted. God has gifted you with talents and abilities. And maybe you don't even realize them yet. And maybe you think you know what they are. Maybe God says, no, you don't know yet. Let me show you what what God is really doing. I'm telling you that God has given you stuff. He's given you abilities. He's given you time. He's given you skills. And all those things to fulfill the purpose in your life. to give you a passion. You know what? There's two things that God is going to ask you when you get to heaven. There's two things. How many of you like to have a test that you know the answers to? You know the questions and you know the answers. It's like, oh, it's this man. I'm going to get this one right. I can't mess this one up. You're going to get to heaven and God is going to say, what did you do with my name? What did you do with my name? What did you do with my son? Did you have a relationship with my son. You know, we made up a saying in the Christian world that's really good, and I say, Did you ask Jesus Christ in your heart? But there's really no basis on that, and there's nowhere in Scripture that you can find that. It's really, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And I believe that you have Jesus Christ in your life, don't get me wrong. There's just certain things that we find that they're not in Scripture. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If the answer, and if you can't answer that question, you can't go on to the second one. The second one is the great, great, throne, uh, great white throne of, of uh, judgment seat of Christ, great white throne of judgment. There you go, I said it. <laughs> and Jesus is going to ask you, what did you do with my gifts? What did you do with the things that I've given you? What did you do with your stuff? And at that point, man is going to be like, you're gonna make it to heaven, but you want the rewards in heaven? I like rewards. I like bonuses, man. A bonus, I'm gonna give you something more. You've done a lot of stuff, you were good stewards, here's what you're gonna get. With unused talents, though, you're gonna burn out, young person. If you're sitting on a talent singing and you're like, I don't really I don't really want to sing. You're holding it back. You know, there's so much more than what's up here on this platform, though, as far as talent's concerned. Amen. This is just the things that are seen. There's so much more, and if you can't sing, that does not mean you don't have any talent. Amen. In fact, don't sing if you can't. <laughs> Please. It helps. I mean, just messes things up when you try to sing and you can't sing. There's another talent out there. It's okay. And somebody said, you know what, there's so many things, there's so many things going on. I just, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's room for me here to plan. That's not true. Because I believe that we'll make a ministry out of your need, out of your gifting, out of your talent. Number three, is an unbalanced schedule. First Timothy chapter four, verse seven. It says, take the time and the trouble to keep yourself spiritually big. Thin. One thing that Area of my life where I know that man, I'm going to get burned out really quickly is if I get too busy, or maybe I'm not busy enough. I lose my passion if I don't have my perspective, if I don't have my priorities right. If I'm putting other things before God, I'll get my, i get messed up, and I'll lose my spiritual fitness. It's amazing to me that man. Does anybody work out here? Does anybody? Uh, Nobody? And it's amazing. that You know, it doesn't matter if you work out for a week. That's not going to make you spiritually fit. You've got to do it every day or every other day. you got to be consistent about it. And you got to keep yourself spiritually fit. I hate it. I hate it. Like I just want one pill, whatever, two one one. Press once. I'm fit. I'm ready to go. Okay? I can do it. It doesn't work. You've got to actually sweat. I hate to sweat. Oh, man. Okay, number four. <laughs> An unconfessed sin. Psalms 38, 4. It says, David saying this, is My guilt has overcome me, like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. So I'm brought low because the sin in my life, I've sinned, and man, I have unconfessed sin in my, my heart. I haven't confessed to God. You know what messes me up the most is when I have, I'm passionate and, I, and I'm zealous for God and I find that I have something that's unforgiven in my heart and my life that I haven't given over to God. And just guilt overwhelms me. I hate that feeling. Anybody ever have that feeling? You just, maybe you have sin and you just know that you're guilty and you just have that feeling that comes over to you. I hate that feeling. That's one of the main reasons why, besides that, it's just, it's the right thing to do. I just hate feeling guilty. I hate that feeling I had. So I want to make my life clean before God. Let me tell you something. If you got something inside of your life that you try to hide from God and you try you need to give it over to God, young person. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth the guilt, it's not worth these sleepless nights. It's not worth trying to hide it. Give it over to God. It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing will shock God. He's seen it all. And He wants to forgive you. But nothing will cause you to lose your passion faster than unconfessed sin. I want to stay so far away from sin because I know that it hurts the heart of God. Number five, it's unresolved conflict. you have a great day in your life. You're just, man, going along great. And all of a sudden, somebody comes in and just blasts you, right? And you're just like, where did that come from? I was having a great day, man. Somebody just messed me up. My mom just came in and just ripped my head off, man. Just ruined, messed up my day. Man, maybe so, mad You walk away you just have... Maybe you just came home from a great Wednesday night service or Sunday. You're just passionate about God and then just reality hits. And your mom's like, you're not leaving this house until you make that nasty bid. Oh, and you're like... Oh.
1: Oh, Mom, I God, Doesn't that chow for something? That, no, you pick can, up you can your underwear and make that bed right now. Shut your mouth.
0: Nothing would cause passion to lose faster than unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is sin. Job chapter 5, verse 2 says, Resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. And Job chapter 18 says, You are only hurting yourself. <laughs> <You're angry. laughs> Do you know that the other person that you're like angry with probably doesn't even know that you're angry at them? So you're like, you think, I'm going to get that person back by being really mad at them. The only person you're hurting is who? Yourself. The only person that you're destroying your, their soul is your your own soul. So forgiveness must be the top of your priority. If you've got somebody that has caused unforgiveness in your life, you've got somebody that's done something really bad to you in your life. Maybe somebody has hurt you physically or, or mentally. Whatever it might be. you got to forgive them. You just won't have passion in your life. Number six is unsupported lifestyle. An unsupported lifestyle. They're a pretty big word, but I'm going to explain it to you right now. There's nothing like having support in your life. God never intended you to live alone. The most dangerous place you could possibly be spiritually is being alone. Because the devil will love to isolate you, and he'll get you in a corner and he'll cause all kinds of things to come in your head and in your mind. Look at Jesus when Jesus went off into the desert. He got him alone. Fortunately, he was prayed up. He was ready for the devil's attacks. He was alone and the devil came at him. He came out of it with lies. The devil will come at you with lies when you're alone, when you're isolated. Young person, God has put a support group in your life, and that's this youth group right here. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: He didn't give us any other agency to help you get through life but other Christians. And God wants you to know that when you link up with other believers, you become dangerous to Satan. Satan cannot stand it when you are linked up with other people, or two or three are gathered in my name. I mean, when one one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's something when you live together. You're like, I believe that we can come together and change the world. Think about 12 people linked themselves together with Jesus and changed the entire world. Do you know that they were your age? They weren't 35 or 40 or 50 year old you old. They were your age. They were teenagers. Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one, because if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. We're here to help you up tonight. We're here to lift you up. We're here to, to pick you up and take you to another level if you decide to do that. It's your choice tonight. It's your choice. We're here to stir your passion up. To stir up the passion inside your life. Number seven is an undernourished spirit. An undernourished spirit. The word enthusiasm in the Bible actually means from, into, into. To, into God. In Theo. In God. Where do you find your passion? In God. You're not going to find it in any other places. I already mentioned to you. You're going to find it in God. You cannot find passion without God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says, Just as you trust Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problem. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nutrients, nutrient from Him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous. Become strong. God wants you to be built up in Him, to be found in Him. And as the band comes, Exodus chapter 34 says, You must worship only the Lord, for He is God who is passionate about His relationship with you. Do you hear that? I'm going to say that again. God is passionate about His relationship with you. I want you to think about a time in your life. Can you think of a time in your life right now where you are closer to God than you are right now? Don't be distracted by people moving around. I want you to close your eyes right now and just think of a time. Is, is there ever a time where you were closer to God than you are right here and right now? If there, is, if there is, then you need to turn back to God. You need to turn back to God. Revelation says, you are seeking your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent and do the things... You did at first. If there was a time in
1: your life